has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News and World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. Cancer, arthritis, and other diseases occur in animals just like humans. For example, the treatment of chronic pain in dogs and cats is leading to the development of drugs called monoclonal antibodies for controlling their osteoarthritis. Although not a pet, elephants suffer from similar medical conditions. And the story of captive elephants is far less encouraging than it is for our pets. This is a tragic situation for one of the most sensitive animals and certainly among the brightest. Scientists even wonder whether elephants feel emotion because they're interested in bones of their own kind and often come to the aid of each other at death. Elephants in captivity develop painful toe infections and crippling arthritis of the wrists and ankles. Some are so arthritic that they can't even get up after lying down. Living conditions in zoos and circuses lead to the pain and suffering often hidden from the public. Fortunately, the Performing Animal Welfare Society, known as PAWS, cares about elephant conservation. They've created sanctuaries for elephant rehabilitation where their pain can be addressed and lives restored. Our first guest is Catherine Doyle, Director of Science, Research, and Advocacy for PAWS. She'll discuss what life is really like for elephants in zoos and circuses and what PAWS is doing to improve the life of captive elephants. Dr. Jackie Guy, Director of Veterinary Services for PAWS, then shares how she detects pain in elephants and some surprising methods of treating it. Aches and Gains is supported by Nevro, St. Jude Medical, Bioness, Boston Scientific, and Nuvectra. For cutting-edge treatments and ways to manage pain, please sign up for weekly emails at paulchristomd.com. Catherine Doyle has spent many, many years working with captive elephants, and she's the director of Science, Research, and Advocacy for the Performing Animal Welfare Society. Catherine, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the Performing Animal Welfare Society? I've been working professionally in animal welfare for more than 15 years um, with captive elephants as my main area of focus. Mm -hmm. I have a master's degree in anthrozoology, which is also known as human-animal studies, and I'm I design and carry out research projects, um, including long-term behavioral study of our five African elephants. I also lead PAWS advocacy efforts, um, such as legislation aimed at protecting captive wildlife and ending the use of wild animals for entertainment. Now, PAWS operates several sanctuaries, don't they? We operate three sanctuaries in California. And our largest sanctuary is a 2,300-acre wow. natural habitat refuge. That's mm-hmm. in San Andreas, California. Okay. And that's where we care for eight elephants, more than 20 big cats, and six bears. Wow. 
Now, what does PAWS specifically do for elephants? Our job is to ensure that the elephants have the most natural and intrusion-free lives possible. These are all animals that have been in you know, zoos and circuses where they were either you know, made to perform or they were on display for people to look at them. Mm-hmm. Because elephants are these extremely intelligent, highly social and self-aware animals. So what we really try to do at PAWS is offer elephants a life that's far closer to what nature intended for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're provided with large natural habitat in which they can exercise natural behaviors. And really, very importantly, they're able to choose where to go and what to do and who they want to do it with. Um, Throughout the day, they can forage on fresh vegetation, including grasses and trees, and which is really their primary activity. And they can also, you know, mud themselves, take a nap on the hillside. It's their choice of what they want to do. Well, it's really fortunate that you're able to offer elephants a life that's similar to life in the wild. Uh, Catherine, most of us come into contact with elephants at circuses or zoos. I think most of us feel that elephants are being taken care of, but is that the reality? The general public really wouldn't be able to pick up on some of the problems, Mm -hmm. um, especially, you know, the joint and foot problems, unless an elephant is really limping or there's some really obvious physical manifestation of the problem. Mm. Facilities can provide, you know, good nutrition, daily husbandry and veterinary care, yet elephants are still dying prematurely in captivity due to inadequate conditions, such as a small spaces that they're kept in and lack of exercise that often results in obesity and um, often lethal foot and joint ailments. Mm -hmm. So, in fact, considering all the care elephants receive in captivity, you would think they would be living to a ripe old age Mm -hmm. when, in fact, this is not the case. Um, Many are dying at an age when they should really just be in their prime. Well, that's terrible. And speaking of captive situations, let's focus on zoos. What's life like for an elephant in a zoo? Some zoos are trying harder now to improve physical conditions for elephants. Mm -hmm. But really, this is always just going to be a Band-Aid because elephants, they need far more than we can really provide for them in captivity. You know, there are these intelligent, inquisitive animals who are adapted to living in extensive social networks, and they have these keen brains that have evolved to deal with daily challenges. Mm-hmm. So to them, you know, even aside from the space issues and, and standing on hard surfaces, life in captivity has to be, you know, monotonous at best. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned surfaces. What are the surfaces like in zoos? You know, some zoos, again, are providing softer surfaces for elephants. We're seeing changes there um, in both outdoors and inside the barns, where elephants can actually spend a great deal of time, especially in cold weather areas. But now, in contrast to, say, a hard concrete surface, what's being used? Well, um, having some sort of, like a soil surface, a natural soil or um, sandy um, you don't want sand that's abrasive, but mm-hmm. kind of a, more of a loamy, soft surface is what we're seeing um, now. In fact, in our Asian elephant barn at Paws, we have a natural soil surface in that barn. And I'm assuming that the spaces in the zoos are pretty confining for the elephants. Yeah, of course. Um, and, it, you know, again, some zoos are trying to provide a little bit more space, but, but also they're bringing in more elephants, so it's kind of, you know, crowding that space at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, elephant exhibit sizes are not determined by the needs of the elephants are determined by available space. Mm-hmm. So really, they're always going to come up short. And you have these animals who are shaped by evolution to inhabit these huge home ranges, you know, measured in hundreds of square miles. Yet somehow we expect them to adapt immediately because, of course, many of the elephants that you see have come from the wild. And we're expecting them to adapt to these enclosures of a few acres or less. And really, no animal can adapt that quickly which is why elephants aren't thriving in captivity. Yeah, I mean, those expectations are are really unrealistic. What about exercising elephants in zoos or in captivity? 
Well, it's again, <laughs> um, I find it strange to think about having to exercise elephants because they are these incredibly active animals. Mm-hmm. In the wild, they're on the move for 20 out of 24 hours a day. And, but that's because you know, they're motivated. Yeah. Um, you know, they live in an environment where they can move and they can forage throughout the day. But it's also an environment that, that's dynamic and changing, you know, whether it's due to seasonal variations or, you know, maybe just a, you know, a change in the wind that day that's bringing different smells with it. And, um, and really, I think most captive facilities are really static and likely not motivating mm-hmm. for elephants. So you have both the issue of lack of space and boredom. Right. Now, elephants, it seems, are really made for locomotion. They have huge pillar-like legs and foot structures that are designed to move. Yet, it seems like that really isn't possible in captive environments. Exactly. But these same features, unfortunately, are liabilities in sedentary captive environments. And that's why we see elephants suffering from joint and foot problems in captivity. I mean, really to the point where it's accepted, almost accepted as a chronic and incurable condition. Mm. You know, and in natural conditions, elephants na- are naturally wearing down their foot pads and nails by walking. And in captivity, you know, the keepers are, have to trim their feet and, you know, trying to maintain the feet and prevent problems. Um, but ways that elephants use their feet in particular, um, they'll use them for forging to dig in and loosen soil or to create mud holes. Um, they'll often slap a clump of grass against their foot to dislodge soil from the roots before they eat it. Mm-hmm. And finally, kind of most interesting, elephants use their feet in communicating with other elephants. And because, you know, in the wild, elephants are often many miles apart. They communicate using these low-frequency sounds, which travel farther. Mm-hmm. And so, and these sounds move as waves through the ground, and they're actually picked up through the elephant's feet. Wow, I didn't know that. You alluded to foot and joint problems earlier. Tell us what you're seeing in terms of arthritis, degenerative joint disease, and, and pain in elephants that are living in captivity. This is due to, you know, the conditions. It's the lack of movement, um, you know, standing on hard surfaces for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and these problems, um, or these conditions, rather, you know, cause degenerative joint disease, arthritis, yeah. and foot infections that become so severe that they travel into the bone. And foot yeah. disease and arthritis are the leading cause of euthanasia in captive elephants. Well, that's sad to hear. How early does it occur, and how bad does it get? I mean, I've seen medical records for elephants who were considered to have arthritis, for example, when they were still in their early 20s. Mm. Usually, you'll see uh, foot disease and arthritis together, mm-hmm. and we've seen elephants succumbing to that at, you know, before they're 40 years old. And elephants have a natural lifespan of, say, you know, 60 to 70 years. Yeah. So really, at 39 or 40 years old, these, these are elephants who, in the wild, are in their prime and still reproducing and, you know, actively part of their families and social network. Catherine, how do you see pain in elephants manifest itself? There would be a difference in the way they walk in their gait. In, I'd say, more advanced cases of, uh, say, foot problems, you might see an elephant alternating lifting her feet mm-hmm. or maybe uh, leaning to one side. In really severe cases where it was combined foot disease and arthritis, we've even seen elephants leaning you know, against a wall, leaning against a fence or even another elephant for support just because it's so painful to stand. Mm, wow, that's horrible. Catherine, it was a pleasure having you on the show today, and we look forward to talking to you on part two. Okay, thank you so much. Don't go away. Up next is Dr. Jackie Guy, Director of Veterinary Services for the Performing Animal Welfare Society. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Nevro, the global leader in evidence-based and drug-free chronic pain technologies. 
we are here to help patients get back their independence. Bioness, a leading provider of solution-driven medical devices and rehabilitation technologies that provide functional and therapeutic benefits for individuals affected by pain and central nervous system disorders. For cutting-edge treatments and resources, follow Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter at Dr. Paul Christo and like Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo on Facebook. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Jackie Guy, Director of Veterinary Services for PAWS, that is the Performing Animal Welfare Society. Dr. Guy, welcome to Aches and Gains. Hi, Dr. Christo. It's a pleasure to be here. First, tell us about your experience working with elephants. I started out about 25 years ago as a zookeeper Mm -hmm. at the Oakland Zoo in California, and I took care of elephants. That was my job feeding and cleaning and caring for them, and I learned quite a bit about elephants, about how they move, uh, what they like to do, what their normal behavior is. And then I went to veterinary school at UC Davis. Mm -hmm. I um, completed some externships at various facilities with elephants and learned more about um, the medical care of elephants. Once I graduated from veterinary school, I was offered a job with the Performing Animal Welfare Society, also known as PAWS, Mm -hmm. and we are a sanctuary for retired performing animals, which include elephants. I've been the Director of Veterinary Services for PAWS since 2001. Wow and I've had the pleasure of caring for many elephants. Jackie, most people would never know that the elephants they see in captivity may be in pain. Are are painful conditions common in captive elephants? Yes, unfortunately so. Two of the most common reasons, actually, for euthanasia of captive elephants are foot infections and arthritis. Hmm. To the untrained eye, it may be difficult to tell if an elephant is in pain right. um, or is suffering from these conditions because they are very, very stoic animals, meaning that they can experience pain but not show it. Mm-hmm. They live for many, many years, sometimes decades, with um, significant arthritis. You mentioned arthritis, also known as degenerative joint disease. Where specifically do elephants experience the arthritis? They actually can develop arthritis in all of the joints of their bodies, from the toes and the feet, all the way up to their necks. I've seen firsthand the degree of arthritis that's present in the body of some of these older elephants when they pass away, and some not so old, incidentally, particularly in their toes and feet, knees, ankles, hips, shoulders, you name it. Mm -hmm. And Jackie, you mentioned that foot infections are a leading cause of euthanasia in elephants. What predisposes them to these infections and pain? If they stand on a hard surface for long periods of time, we're talking about weeks, months, and years, Mm. that can definitely do damage to the body, to the joints, to the feet. Mm -hmm. Um, Being confined in small spaces can also Uh, harm the feet of the elephant because they're not moving around as much. And if they can't escape their own waste products and have to stand in urine, very small cracks that might normally develop in a toenail or in the foot can become quickly uh, macerated, which means that the, you know, urine and the products of the urine can actually destroy the tissue around a crack and introduce bacteria 
oftentimes we give them just a uniform substrate to stand on. So not just that it's hard, but that there's no choice for the elephant to, you know, go from a hard surface to a soft surface or, or vice versa. Sometimes they want to be on a hard surface, sometimes not. Sometimes they want to take a mud bath or go for a swim. And if they're not allowed these opportunities, that can be harmful over time. Right. What, what about crampy abdominal pain? Yes. The general term for that is colic. And I've treated many elephants for colic. It could be, you know, overeating something in the diet, gas, <laughs> or, you know, any number of things. One of the scariest um, types of colic in an elephant would be a sand colic, and that's when they eat their food off of sand or if they ingest sand mm-hmm. for some strange behavioral reason and build up a lot of that material in their intestinal tract. There is a, a possibility that that sand could cause an obstruction or a torsion, even worse, mm-hmm. that the bowel itself will twist. Mm-hmm. And that is excruciatingly painful. Any of us that have ever had abdominal pain know how painful that can be. Yes, I have. And certainly visceral pain of the abdomen or the pelvis can be grueling. Are foot infections, arthritis, and colic seen in elephants living in the wild? We'll find out after the break. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Boston Scientific, a leader in microelectric implantable technologies used to treat chronic neuropathic pain. Be sure to look for the exclusive release of Dr. Paul Christo's new book, Aches and Gains. You'll get cutting-edge information on understanding pain, traditional and innovative treatments, and an exciting array of integrative therapies. You'll also get personal accounts of celebrities in their battle to overcome pain. Get your copy on Amazon this fall. Remember, no one is immune to pain, but together we can overcome it. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Jackie Guy, Director of Veterinary Services for PAWS, the Performing Animal Welfare Society. Dr. Guy, we've talked about foot infections, arthritis, and colic seen in captive elephants. But do these same conditions exist in elephants that are living in the wild? That's a great question. There are elephants that are in logging camps and things like that that are semi-captive, and I don't count those as being wild elephants. Mm -hmm. The truly wild elephants in the great national parks there I don't think anyone's really seen the degree of arthritis in wild elephants that we see in captivity. I also have not heard of the really severe, severe foot infections like we see in captivity. There may be minor infections, cracked toenails and things like that. Mm -hmm. Now, earlier you said that it's important for elephants to have the freedom to move to prevent foot infections and stave off arthritis. Is there anything unique in elephant anatomy? Elephant feet have a structure inside of them that's like a pump. And when they walk, they're pumping blood and lymph fluid back up their legs through their bodies. And I think that probably that has a lot to do with the fact that wild elephants do not seem to um, suffer the same conditions that we see in captivity. Hmm. Now, Dr. Guy, are you able to treat infections of the toes or arthritis of the limbs when these animals come to the sanctuaries? 
the best sort of physical therapy that, that we can provide in captivity for an elephant is to give them the opportunity to get off their feet and float in a lake or in a pool. Mm-hmm. And so, in a sense, the physical setting is physical therapy for their pre-existing conditions, if you will. You know, once arthritis sets in, it's not reversible. But what we can do is provide that physical therapy, provide nutritional support, provide medication when it's needed, and we can monitor their arthritis using digital x-rays. You know, we're constantly checking the elephants every day. We look at every elephant up and down. So we assess them when they come in. We can certainly relieve some of the pain and give them opportunities to stretch and move about. That's great. Now let's drill down a bit. We've talked about some painful conditions like colic and arthritis and infected toes. What are the signs of pain in elephants? They're so variable. I think like almost like people in their variability. Some of them will become very quiet, very reclusive, not want to move around. They just stop lying down and they stop moving around as much and they stop um, wanting to engage in social activities or, you know, things like that. You'll just notice a sort of a quieting down. What kind of sounds do they make when they're in pain? I mean, are they loud? Are they vociferous? Or are they quiet? You know, I've seen elephants make sounds for sure with with colic pain. They will um, rumble or grumble or make different sounds if they're experiencing really, really sharp pain like that. Mm -hmm. But in general, arthritis and those really, really chronic but very painful conditions, they typically do not vocalize. In fact, that might be a sign that they're painful is that they stop their normal vocalization because they've got quite a a vocabulary and they're usually quite vocal with each other on a normal basis. Okay. Jackie, have you noticed whether elephants in pain exhibit an emotional response? And I'm thinking whether elephants might elicit aid from other elephants when they're in pain. Hmm. I have seen that. I have seen, um, you know, friends come over and comfort a painful elephant, yes. Talk to us now about how you actually examine an elephant for pain, because they're huge animals. Oh, well, it's, it's wonderful. Um, we have a, a system that we use called protected contact, where we work with them through barriers. There is a, a fence or some bars between myself and the elephant, I'm safe. The elephant can't hurt me. Mm -hmm. While I'm working with the elephant, a keeper or a trainer will feed the elephant a treat, um, little cut-up pieces of fruit, sometimes jelly beans, (laughs) (laughs) for things that are, um, you know, perhaps possibly painful that Mm -hmm. I might be doing, like an injection or or a blood sampling, things like that. Uh, Jackie, over time, have you developed a special, if you will, ability to detect pain in elephants? Part of my success in treating elephants for pain or detecting pain is that I do spend a lot of time with them. Mm -hmm. And I know each elephant very, very well. I know what's normal for him or her. I know how they move. And I can tell. And also with the help of the keepers, we can notice subtle changes in their behavior or in their mobility that might indicate pain. And then usually the next step, if it's a joint that's low in the body on a smaller part of the elephant, like the feet or the ankles um, or the 
wrists, I can take an x-ray. We have a digital x-ray machine, Mm -hmm. and the elephants are trained to present various parts of their body through the barrier so that we can safely take an x-ray. And if I see uh, evidence of arthritis, then I can assume that that is painful, and I try to be proactive about doing something about that. Now, I heard that there's a pool in the sanctuary. How is that used for elephants? We have a really unique swimming pool in one of our barns where the elephant can go down into the pool and I can see the top of the elephant very, very clearly across a safe barrier. Wow, I don't think anyone would have known that. We're out of time, unfortunately. Uh, Dr. Guy, I want to thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Dr. Christo. It's been a pleasure. Please join us for part two for much more exciting information on how we treat pain in elephants. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.